welcome to episode 39. This episode is an interview with Dave Nelson of Equity Maps. Enjoy. Welcome to another week of the High Tech Podcast, joined by Will, my co-host, who's here. There he is. Um, and myself. My name's Josh, you know, if uh, you just listened to us for the first what? time. What? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Your name's what? Josh? Yeah, I know. Surprise. No. Yeah, I changed it. Sports. Yeah, well, you know, some people do know me as that. Um, you know, my friends call me that, and uh, strangers now, apparently, if they listen to this episode, you can call me sports. <laughs> um, so, welcome back, guys. Another week. Uh, we got an exciting week for you this week. Uh, we're doing an interview uh, this week, talking to uh, somebody uh, that we've talked about in season one, because we got seasons now. And we're nerds who keep bringing attention to it. Um, and uh, Fourth wall. Yeah, fourth wall. Uh, yeah, no. So if those of you who listened to our Equity Maps episode from season one, um, we got a chance to connect uh, with Dave Nelson, uh, the founder of Equity Maps, um, who is quite the interesting guy uh, and lives in a lot of different, has lived in a lot of different places um, and done a lot of cool things. But I uh, got a chance to talk to Dave Nelson about uh, Equity Maps. So excited for that today uh as you get to check that out uh, and listen to that before we do our normal new season two spiel because we're trying to be better about this stuff um we're on the internet uh or the interwebs as some call it uh it's mainly me <sighs> webs um, too soon spider-man it was so ooh, good ooh, yes uh so good um anyway so uh check us out there we are on twitter uh you can find us at, at high tech podcast make sure to subscribe and follow and talk to us we keep saying this every episode but nobody talks to us guys you know, y'all listen to us. We're all alone. But we're all alone. There's you know? no one here. So we want to talk to you more. To so throw us. out some stuff, you know, make some suggestions. If you have a cool app or you're just like, hey, I checked out this episode and you guys sounded lame. You know, whatever you want to do, <laughs> let us know on Twitter at High Tech Podcast. Um, or you can also, if you don't want it to be in the public sphere, you can also email us. That's still a thing. Uh, inbox at hightechpod.us. Um, and then also we have a website. So if you're listening to us on one of the podcast platforms, let's say you found us Spotify, Google, Apple, uh, whatever you may, one of the other random ones that were apparently put on that I, I still dude, don't really know their name, names, but like you know, Buzz whatever. Sprout and I don't know. It's a thing. Um, and you haven't checked out our website, make sure to check it out. Each episode comes with a cool little resource page that talks about the app that we're doing or gives you a little bit more information about the person we talked with. Um, and so they find that at hightechpod.us or .us, uh, however you want to pronounce it. I like .us. I feel like it feels more personal. Hightechpod.us. You know? Come us. join us. You know, we're there. We're at that website. You can check us out. Um, and then also, uh, you can also check us out on Anchor at anchor.fm slash hightechpod. Uh, and you can also find where all of our episodes are released uh, yeah. from Anchor. Anchor, so. Anchor I, just, I wanted to pull it up. I was curious. So we, it gets us on uh, Spotify. Of course, Anchor. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, Castbox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. If you use any of those, yeah, yeah. Basically, the first handful that you said and Stitcher, I know. In the middle ones, I didn't know were a thing until Anchor was like, "Do you want to release there?" And we were like, <laughs> so, uh, "I yeah, guess, sure. sure." I'm sure there's somebody who listens there. Uh, anyway, so check us out online. Uh, you can find us there. So. Uh, with that, though, let's jump in to our interview with Dave Nelson and learn a little bit more about uh, how Equity Maps came to exist and some of the pedagogy that inspired this really cool app. Okay, so now that we've turned from the introduction, we are here today, Josh and I, with Dave Nelson. He is the founder, creator, idea generator of oh, Equity Maps. Oh, you rhymed Maps. there. That was nice. 
Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Didn't even have that written down. It's great. Yeah. Uh, He's also full time the principal of the American Community Schools of Athens. Uh, so this is this is a gentleman we're finding out is is pretty um, robust in his responsibilities and presence. He is present both in the international space and in the United States space. Uh, we're very excited to have you with us today, Dave. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Thanks, you guys. And congratulations. You're going on, what, 40 episodes now? Just about. Yeah, I'm just about. On it. Yeah. I think this is episode 39, but we've already yeah. recorded 40, so it's fine. Yeah. We've got yeah. it ready to go. What do you mean? No, we didn't record it yet. That's next week. We record <laughs> every week. <laughs> now, um, And Happy New Year, too, by the way. I know yeah. it's this is fantastic for us. This is season two. We're we're in 2022 with the release of this episode. So we're just having so much fun with the process. Um, you mentioned to us beforehand as we're getting started, you, you grew up in the States. You grew up uh, in Oregon or originally from Oregon, but now you're international. What what country are you in? I, th- I missed that. Yeah, and I'm in Greece. I've been in Greece for the last 20 years, actually. And I also work out of the United States. I'm originally from Oregon. And grew up on the coast in Oregon and taught in the Hillsborough district for many years. Um, wow. So international scene took took me by uh, the biggest attraction. And I've been in the international scene of K through 12 education ever since. Wow. Wow. Uh, I'm assuming I have very little knowledge of Greece that it's pretty, you know, temperate year round. Are you in a, a cold season as we go into winter, you know, or is that are you just yeah. in the middle of summer? I don't even know. No, right now it's 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 cold as can be. It's windy and, and stormy outside and snow is is coming soon. So we don't get much snow in, in the city, but uh, but every every few years we get a snow day or two. Yeah, that's okay. That's true. Well, now since COVID snow days are becoming less and less popular, <laughs> no, everybody's got the technology to do it. Is it a virtual day or not? <laughs> exactly. I've I see so many memes now like, oh, not going to have a snow day anymore. No uh, I'm assuming then you've learned Greek. Is that the case? Yeah, I've quite, quite, quite a bit of, of Greek, but our school is all in English. So it's an American international school and okay. um, most of our work is done in English. Yeah. So cool. I'm in, I'm 32 years in education now and mainly have taught social studies in the high school. So uh, since then, I've pivoted into administration in the last three years and done a lot of work with professional development as well. So, you know, the Equity Maps has really developed out of an intersection of work with students and adult learners and finding ways to, to make conversations and dialogue more equitable so we can get everyone in the, into the conversation. <laughs> Love it. That's cool. Now, I mean, so in the midst of all this international, you know, travel, uh, 32 years in K-12 education, what drives you then to start the tool that we've been talking about? So Equity Maps. What kind of drove you to be like, eh, you know, I don't have enough time on my hands. Uh, I feel like I'm going to just start an app now, too, because uh, why not? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've seen a lot in 30 years in education. But the, the central part of, of my teaching style has always been putting st- students at the center and finding ways to engage them. And Equity Maps is, is, is a way to make the classroom more inclusive, but also to make conversations visible. You know, when we think about conversations, how how often do we step back at the end and and debrief and really talk about the processes just as much as the content that we took away from the experience? So all of my career, I've tried to find ways to engage students so that learning is not only more effective, but more memorable and more long term. And if there's one thing that I've learned in the last 30 years is, you know, the more diverse the group that we can put together, 
and we ask them the right question or give them the right process, the most amazing things can happen when we bring out the perspective, the approaches uh, and the viewpoints. So Equity Maps really came out of this intersection of work to give students, all students, a voice in the classroom and find ways to increase true dialogue where they generate knowledge, where they generate understanding. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of it was in early in my career, I was so sick and tired of the loudest voice in the faculty meeting, you know, getting, getting, <laughs> getting the you both been there, I'm sure, right? Yeah. No, never. No, <laughs> never. Everybody about. usually speaks equally. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so in the classroom, I've, I've tried to build some intentional patterns into making that conversation visible so that we could improve, improve, improve with feedback rounds um, and leverage the reflection of the group. The coolest thing that about Equity Maps is I never wanted to create a summative assessment. I never wanted to create a summative assessment platform, you know, a tool to grade students. And what's yeah. really cool is that users see that, you know, they see it as formative assessment to provide more information uh, to deepen that reflection afterwards. One of the things that Josh and I, I think, would probably resonate with in what you're just saying, but that that's a part of our experience of being, you know, this instructional support, whether it's design or instructional technology, we often have to step into an instructor's method, reflect on it, dissect it, and find where's the breakdown, maybe in the delivery to the students or in the students' understanding of the delivery. Is there a way that we can improve the method, make it more clear, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? And everything you're saying there about the the, the nexus of um, equity maps is like why we why we exist, why we do what we do. You know, if it's it's in this case, you're talking specifically discourse. But for us, it's sometimes just like how they write a paper or how they do a video project or, you know, that kind of thing where we build that out in, a, in an online or sometimes face to face context um, to make that more explicit for the students. Because one of the things that I've found, I don't know if you if you resonate with this, Dave, but faculty very often instructors very often have so much content knowledge, content expertise, but they don't necessarily have that pedagogical background. Some, some of them do. Um, in higher education, we definitely find that, you know, there's so many folks who get a PhD in something, right, but have never taught in a classroom in their lives until they're meeting with us for the first time. K-12, or at least in the, you know, the primary, secondary schools context, I think it's more, more expected that they have pedagogical training. But some folks still come from different backgrounds than that and don't have that uh, I guess, level set to be able to um, do what you just said, step into the process, analyze what's going on, try and determine how's the best way to reach the students, create a routine for the students to go and all that. It's very interesting. And and now that you've delivered that in equity maps, do you find that um, your process that you've been doing for 30 years is what equity maps is, or has equity maps helped you refine and create the process that mm -hmm. you, you want to use? Yeah, that's a great question because Look, over the years, I've, I've tried to bring students into the conversation more and more often. I'm thinking back even at the beginning of my career, I taught a leadership class. And I remember sitting down with the students on the ground and we were discussing various questions of the things that were going to take place that year in the school. And literally we had a ball of yarn that we would toss to the person across who was speaking next. And that yarn would unfold. You know, you've probably seen pictures of that. And I'm, I know I wasn't the first one to do that. 28 right. years ago, 30 years ago. But it was really cool as 
as the visual appeared across the room and the students could see how they were connected, you know, it's not only an icebreaker, but it's a way of connecting them and their ideas and making sure that everyone had a chance to speak. So we've always tried to bring in, I've always tried, I say we often because I taught much of my career, I've taught in integrated team-based teaching approaches where okay. I've team taught with a, uh, an English teacher often. So I'm a social studies teacher by, by trade and, and we integrate to teach a team taught integrated course. So we bring in a lot of methods like Socratic seminars or literature circles in which students are engaging in the text, um, in uncovering the historical um, period or whatever it is we're discussing. Right. So I would say equity maps became a tool for improving those processes and for pointing out or allowing the group to see how they could improve their own processes. You know, that's, I think that's the best part of, of 21st century education is we're looking at the agency of the students and how do we develop independence and give them the skills because it's so much less about the content and so much more about the skills and the problem solving and the communication. So equity maps really came out of that. And as I'm connecting with more and more users, um, finding that they're using it for the same reasons is what's so exciting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah now so cool. that actually sounds like um, you've already answered our second question. You know, I, that, that point of saying, oh, it's so exciting, right? You can, I, he smiled, right, Josh? I mean, he yeah. smiled as he's well, saying yeah, it. They usually do. Uh, it's the, you know, it's the tool that you've created. It's really cool that, um, yeah, like I've seen the yarn uh, technique before, but like the, the kind of seeing that inspiration in the tool that you've created, uh, but with a, a less cumbersome way of, of dealing with it. Because um, while the yarn is really good, uh, eventually... Uh, <laughs> run out of yarn you get a lot of yarn going on in the classroom uh like uh, <laughs> having good discussion so yeah it's it's you've kind of already answered that one part of just like the the ease at which it helps you kind of track that conversation because i think that's the piece that can so often get lost in those conversations like you said the person that keeps talking all the time like we we all know them we have a picture of a human being somewhere in our head right now of that person uh and i love them dearly um but uh like there's always i think what I loved about equity maps when we were talking about it in our uh, previous episode where we highlighted you guys is that um, it's uh, my past experience with instructors and even teachers, both in K-12 and higher ed has been kind of like this. Uh, well, if you're not talking, then you don't care and you're not engaging, but kind of this reality of how easy it is to get lost in a conversation um, and speaking as the person who, while yes, I'm talking on a podcast right now, I didn't talk a lot in high school uh because you know i was a nerd of wonderful things um and uh, so like just being able to like trace give a visual to that and trace that to be able to make those connections and also then try to make the conversation more equitable um well yeah and, I, just, and josh, I really love that concept and your, your point here josh really really emphasizes too that it's equity maps is not a tool to measure the success it's to provide feedback of what you were trying to accomplish so the first thing is to ask ask the group, you know, what was our goal today? And what do you see in the map? And what do you see in the data that shows that that was possible? Um, that, that, that was on the right track. You know, it's, it's all about intention, then looking at the data to see, did that meet the intention? Um, we always open it up when, when you, when I'm using it personally, I'm always opening up to a dialogue and reflection at the end. And my okay. favorite question to ask, my favorite question to ask is just to show various pieces of the of the data 
okay, one is one is the map where you see the conversation unfold and it unfolds visually in, in fast forward. You can you can play back a 20 minute conversation in less than a minute. And so you see how it unfolded. Then I like to show them the data, the, the amount of time um, that people talked, the students talk, the number of times they spoke. And, you know, you get the guys who are competing and sometimes you, you get the quiet souls thinking, oh, I talked <laughs> a little bit more than before. But what, what always comes out of that is the question, what do you notice? You know, this, this question is the perfect question because knowing what we wanted to do today, what do you notice in the data? And I remember this, especially this one comment from a girl. Everyone was looking at the data and one of the pieces it tracks is um, silence. It talks, mm -hmm. you know, it, it maps the amount of time each person spoke, but it also has silence. It has chaos if multiple people are talking at the same time. Um, it has many of these things that you can measure. But one of the things that stood out is silence. And when I asked, what do you notice? Student raised his hand and said, I noticed that we were only silent once in that 30 minute Socratic seminar. And then I always ask the follow up question, you know, does anyone else, um, did anyone else see that? Was that a good thing? He said, yeah, that's a good thing because it says we knew our stuff. We knew what we were talking about. We were well prepared. And I asked that a couple of times. Does anyone agree with that? I always then ask, does anyone see that differently? And I remember this young girl's hand, she raised her hand and she said, that silence made it really, really difficult for me to get involved. And she said, I didn't speak until the end because it was going so fast and changing pace or changing topics so often. She said, I didn't have a chance to think and react. And, and then I asked the question, does anyone else feel that way? And then two more hands go up. Yep, yep, yep. And, and you know, and that was the that was the reflection that came out of the data, and the students organically brought that to the surface. And then at the end, we set goals for the next conversation. You know, we always say in our next conversation, in our next dialogue, what can we take from this to build on it and set goals for a more improved process next time? The group of students themselves, only by asking that question, said we need to take more time to be silent <laughs> so that she can participate. And it was so cool. And they did just that. They were okay with pausing. They were okay. And the levels of involvement went up. So there's an example of, of where it organically comes from the data. And it's definitely not intended to grade the students, intended to provide them a right. mirror. Right. <clears throat> that was a question I wanted to ask you guys. When, um, when you look into a mirror, how often do you look into a mirror? Now, this is not a moment of, of um, anything, any, any question other than this interview, but um, you know, how often <laughs> do you look in the mirror and, and why are you looking in the mirror? What are you, what are you looking for? You know, it's, it's, for me, it's probably like two or three times a day. I know in the morning, getting up, you know, just brush your hair real quick kind of thing. It's functional. Uh, at the end yeah. of the day, you know, my wife and I, we've got uh, vanities side by side. So she's brushing her teeth. I'm brushing my teeth. That's, you know, you're looking in the mirror at that moment. Uh, besides that, throughout the day, maybe you just like catch a glance. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's only in the morning when I'm in the bathroom. Or like if I go to the bathroom at work, you know, like take a look at the mirror, make sure I didn't look like an idiot. Um, morning, mornings, <laughs> like, you know, getting ready and making sure like I've got a big beard, Dave, you know, and it does weird things when I wake up in the morning. So it's pretty much just like. Make sure the beard's straight and the hair doesn't look horrible. 
Um, and then I'm presentable as I go sit at my desk most of the day answering questions for instructors. That's a, yeah, I feel like that's my, and, that's and my mirror moment. There you go. Your mirror moments. And there, and there are time in checking in for yourself to see if you're on the right track for the, for the moment of the day. Are you professional enough for the right. day? Are you, are you ready to see the world or your boss for whatever the case may be? <laughs> and, you know, I wonder, and so equity maps, I see it as really providing the students and teachers a mirror. Um, yeah, you know, a mirror into their conversations. And I wonder how often we present mirrors for students rather than feedback, you know, direct feedback or mirrors so that they can reflect on their learning. And I know you guys are in higher, higher ed mainly, um, but you can relate to providing feedback to others. And uh, one, one thing I've done quite a bit of work with is the idea of a, of a third point a third point of communication. And there's some research that shows that when we don't talk to a person or about a person, but about the actions that they're performing, this third point of communication can remove that direct line of feedback or criticism. So I'm not criticizing you for the amount of time you spoke. I'm noticing that Will spoke twice as much as Joss. That's not the case, I'm, I'm sure, but it, it's, <laughs> By Depends the, on the episode yeah, <laughs> or the topic. By, by using the data as a third point, we're referring to the data and not to the person. And I, I think that opens up the conversation and, and improves the potential dialogue and inclusion that we're after. Well, and, and thinking through the, uh, sorry, the, thinking yeah, through the, the yarn thing, like I've actually never done that. I mean, I, when you said that, I was like, duh, that's what actually equity maps does. At some point. But I was like, when when you said that we had our previously joked about the person who uh, maybe talks a little too much i'm just thinking like that person in a conversation like that holding half of the ball of yarn like running out of space in their hand like i i can't i can't hold anymore and and hopefully there's that mirror moment of like i need to shut up <laughs> you know but i'm like you know i had this this just exaggerated scenario play in my mind as we were saying that like oh man that actually sounds really awesome because some folks, you know, are, are more inclined to self-reflection, have that agency to reflect on their own time. But some folks need an external moment of someone holding the mirror up to them and saying, do you notice anything? Is there? And, and I think that that like physically holding too much uh, yarn could be that that standout. But your your graphs are definitely a moment there where I think, you know, folks can see that visually i don't think it has that as immediate of a feedback loop as the yarn that, i mean that's so immediate this, right. every time you talk you get another piece of it whereas the the um the data and i don't i'm not saying this as a criticism or an issue right no, but it's no. just now we have to change we have to be more aware of the reflection and make sure the students are activating that as soon as we're done the discussion so that they don't lose the value of that feedback point yeah yeah, it's, it's really about activating that metacognition. So when they leave yeah. the conversation, you know, it's, it's the thinking that lasts because they're thinking about not what they were saying, but how they were saying it and how they might say that differently depending on where they're at or who, who they're with. So it's, that's such a good point. And, and I'm thinking of, of teachers, you know, there are a lot of use cases of equity maps. And as I'm learning more and more from different users, um, like he was just saying, uh, it was like his best point, basically. <laughs> 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 My only good point. Come on. 
<laughs> well, so, you know, for the audience's sake, you may have just missed the last five minutes that I've edited, but we're going to come back into the conversation. Dave was queuing up this reflection point of, of having maybe an outsider step into the classroom and use equity maps to map, you know, the, the discourse in a classroom. So so take it from there for us, Dave. How, how does that work? Sure, how do you, you see know, that for administrators, one, one of our roles is to evaluate teachers in a K through 12 system and and stepping into that role using equity maps, I've heard from many users who have mapped out the classroom lesson that went on that day. And in the reflection and the follow-up, uh, the post-observation debrief with the teacher, it's so interesting to pull out that data and ask the teacher, you know, what was it exactly you were trying to accomplish that day? What were the learning objectives and what did you want to unfold? And then to show them the data. And so many times when I've used it myself in those situations, the wow factor, you know, jaws drop and it's like, <laughs> wow, I spoke 70% yeah. of the time or wow, only 60% of the students contributed or the opposite. Yeah. Wow. The students were, you know, engaged the, the entire time. They were in their small groups. Everyone participated. It, both scenarios exist. Um, and it's just really interesting to see that third party data, you know, it's that, that third point again, uh, to raise the conversation rather than simply to criticize and say, you talk too much, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they realize for themselves rather than you're, you telling them. And, and that's a, that's a pedagogical point that started, like I, I got that in undergraduate. I remember I was, yeah. um, learning to teach English as a second language. And one of my first lessons, I mean, my first two lessons, they stand out to me was one, you, you grade what you assign. So that was an easy one. And that stuck with me for forever. You know, you can't, can't lose that. Um, but two is like in language acquisition, the balance of teacher talk time versus student talk time. If you're trying to teach students a language, they need to speak. And one of the things that I think we can parallel, you know, and make the, the analogy between language acquisition and anything acquisition is they need to engage the content. You know, it doesn't mean that everybody has to speak the entire time about Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address to learn about the Gettysburg Address. Of course not. But that is a measure that you can use. You know, is there conversation happening where people are engaging with the topic of the day and, and, and speaking about it themselves or reframing ideas or sharing a question that could push someone else? Those things all help learning last. Absolutely. Um, and it's so explicit in language, but it's so cool to see it in those other areas. Absolutely. Yeah, it fits into other areas. And it, that's what I like about what you guys are doing in equity maps and some of the, the, and we've seen this across some of the other tools we've been looking at, which is, I think maybe you and will, uh, you and I maybe have like a, a bent that we keep looking at. Uh, when we come into like this discussion, uh, kind of world, it's that, that we need to teach people how to actually be able to discuss ideas and thoughts. And that's what I love about what you're doing is essentially, like we're not just talking about what we're talking about. We're making sure we're doing it in a way that's beneficial, that's helpful, and is also helping the students and even the instructors see uh, how their discussions are going and reflecting and learning on how they can get better uh, each time. And I think that's what I really like about it. It's this idea of just being able to like learn how to, you're teaching the students how to be able to actually discuss ideas have these types of discussions and at the same time learning the concepts that they're learning and um, both are so beneficial and i think it's too often overlooked in a, in other educational spaces especially in our area in higher ed um where that's uh kind of sage on the stage sometimes uh where it's not uh we forget about the importance of teaching people how to actually discuss ideas and discuss them well and, and work on that absolutely and and one thing that surprised me on the point that you were making will it's 
a fifth grade user, she often says to me that, you know, the one, the one doing the talking is doing the learning. And I've been so surprised how elementary school teachers, there's one user who's um, used the app. She teaches third grade and she was using it with her third graders for them to analyze how much they talked in their small group and how they were using that to set goals for the next time. Um, she's actually from New mm. Zealand, this woman, and she, they say equity maps rather than equity maps. And when the, <laughs> when the kids talk about it, they're like, they're setting goals in third grade. So it, it's, it's not never too early. And I, I don't know how we miss that into higher ed. You know, we get it in our graduate. Programs, <laughs> what happens? I don't know, but it's, it's too bad. That's, that's one place where we should um, market this tool for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, here's here's a you know a, a question right off the list. I mean we have dri- we send you questions ahead of time. You've got some time to prep, but like we have nailed them. We didn't even have to I was ask say you're like just question. easily transitioning into every single thing we wanted to talk it's about. Well, I super <laughs> appreciate you. the conversation. Like, this is fun. It's fun just to talk about. You're a more. grade A interviewee. Um, are there any fun things we can expect from Equity Maps? Are there big changes that you've got on the horizon? Anything like that? Well, and, you know, we're always looking, we, we came out with a new update just a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago now, it's a couple of months ago, but new update. And we've got some improved participant analytics, for example, where you can go in and the, the teacher can review um, each time each two student spoke. So if you, you meet with a student afterwards, you can go in and just mm. focus on each time Will spoke or each time Josh spoke. Um, we've also added identity markers, which you can categorize students into groups. So if you want to track by language level, if you want to track by proximity mm. in the room, for example, you can set up the codes any way you want. Um, some some users wanted to track by race and um, by language level or grade, and they were able to put that into the app and then gather the data accordingly. So some of these that are currently in, they're brand new. People are just discovering their uses. Awesome. I would really like to put in, in the debrief, I'm really into spinners and random selectors to, to select people. <laughs> and I'm going to put into the, um, we're going to put into the, the feedback frames in the debrief, a randomization spinner so that when the teacher is doing the debrief, if they want to randomly call on someone, they can hit the spin function and the random spinner with those mm. new group members. So that might be a kind of fun to open up the reflection. Uh, oh, I love that I love idea. Yeah, that should be kind of fun. That's really cool. Um, it, it's 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 fascinating. I've loved all these interviews, frankly, because we get to talk with you know, in a sense, entrepreneurs, but folks who are innovating. You're trying to fix something, or you're trying to address yeah. something. Um, and too often, not too often, but in each of our interviews to date. We spend almost as much time talking about pedagogy as we do talking about the tool. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that has been true today, Dave. I think you mentioned you had a surprise for us. There was something I, you wanted to. Yeah, you uh, you ran an equity maps on us. Yeah, is, is what I, that's uh, true. What and you're mentioning. That's true. And I, I would like to share that with you. I would I would like to share. Can I share one more example of something? Because I, I would yeah, be yeah, I, I had a chance to observe a teacher. Uh, who was using equity maps and it just got to the core of what we're trying to do and she had mm. broken up her class into groups of four or five they went out in the courtyard courtyard of their school and each group had their own ipad with their equity maps and they were assigned a chapter or a section of the chapter and they sat there in their groups the teacher was afar i mean the students were set free 
to talk and dialogue for 25 minutes. And afterwards, they were mapping it individually on, on equity maps. And afterwards, the teacher could listen to every single dialogue. So it was as if they were there. The students shared their takeaways. And when they came out of that experience, it was every student had a voice. And, you know, we've been through the ages mm -hmm. of differentiation and now we're not into leveled classes or and all students are have a chance in those groups to participate, to give their best, to share their impact. And I, I just think it was such a cool thing to, to boost agency and efficacy of these students. And yeah. I, I see it as a huge use. Um, so speaking of, of equity maps and and you two guys, I I mapped the interview that you did with um, the founder, the founder of VoiceThread. It was Steve. What's Steve's last name? Um, Steve Muth. Steve yeah. Muth. Yeah, Muth. I really enjoyed that, by the way. So uh, what do you think if if you were to guess among the three of you who had the most talk time? in that episode, who do you think uh, had the most talk time between among the three of you? You, you go first, Josh. Yeah, I was going to say, I you have the advantage of seeing the edit stuff. I mean, I want, I want, to, I want to say Steve, because it was the interview. I hope we gave the, uh, the interviewee okay. uh, more time, one, but maybe we did it. One point, one point for Josh. Of course, that was your goal to interview. So yeah. Steve had, um, he spoke for 25 minutes. And in those 25 minutes, he had 53% of the airtime. And now, who do you think had more airtime, Josh or Will, in that episode? I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go again. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Will because I have a tendency sometimes to speak a little less during our interviews, uh, or at least I think I do. Maybe I have a bad perception of uh, myself in these interviews. So as as debriefs go, Will, I'll ask: um, Do you see it differently, or do you tend to agree with Josh? So we have the uh, the routine that I start the interviews, which makes me think it might be slight slanted towards me at least. But then I know that we uh, we record an intro and outro separate oh, from the interview. Mm. So that that that's that's kind of thrown off my perception. I'm thinking in the context of the, the voice thread one that I still was number two after. Steve. So the results are drum roll. Josh spoke 26% of the time in that episode, and Will spoke 21% of the time in that episode. Really? Whoa! <laughs> Look at that! However, however, the total number of times were almost equal. Uh, Josh spoke 42 wow. times, Will spoke 45 times. And the equity quotient, which is kind of cool, if it were 100%, all three of you had equal time and equal number of times, and the equity quotient was... 82%, which is really high for any dialogue among three people. Well, yeah. so that's pretty cool. Well, well, pat on the back, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know? Nice work. I like that. No, that yeah. is awesome to think that's through, though, because so cool. it is something we, we have to wrestle with. You know, this is virtual. Yeah. It's not real. We want everybody to talk. But Josh knows we both have had episodes. Of course. And oh, I've yeah. seen it in the edit where it's like just this. 10 minute chunk of one of us <laughs> yeah. talking on so 100 and the ones i can pick out are the as the joke in our podcast uh dave is that like so there's kind of a way that the topics for episodes come up like there's so we have a conversation and then we have like an app that we talk about in our regular episodes and as much as i love technology uh will knows way more apps than i ever do uh and so the episodes that are clearly will talking more are the ones where he threw out an app that i had zero clue what it was <laughs> and we're just like Okay, yeah, we'll do it. Uh, and then I forget to look into it before the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Love it. Well, that's the purpose of the group. Someone's there to, to help you out and inform yeah. you. That's for sure. The less knowledgeable other is the one that can perhaps provide, get the most information. And, yeah. and that's a moment where holding all the yarn isn't always the worst thing. You, yeah. you know, there's there's something to be said for expertise and, and that person being able to or willing to share it. But then there's that, you know, you always have to have that internal balance. It's like, have I talked too much? Should I ask more questions? Should I just yeah. provide some silence? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, that's really cool. I really appreciate you guys helping to spread the word about equity maps and getting into the more more hands of more users. And uh, as we look ahead, we're hoping to to branch it into other platforms, of course, and and that's the next goal. So we can get it out there for for many more users. Turn this passion project into more of a mission to extend inclusive classrooms across across the globe. Really, that's that's the goal. I love it. And frankly, yeah. um, while I've taken a pivot in my professional career at the moment, I'm not in higher ed for this this minute. Uh, I'm hoping, honestly, because there's a big push at my at my uh, company and and so many others, right? For diversity and equity, uh, we we currently have kind of titled our our efforts called diversity and impact, right? So our inst our co corporations trying to make this effort of saying, uh, how are we being sensitive to all within, but also what is the impact of our company on the world without, right? So we're we're looking in and we're looking outward and making sure that that's balancing. Like we want to make sure that as we do good inside, that that's becoming a part of the fruit, if you will, the crop that's that's going outside. So I'm. I'm poised in learning and development to even bring equity maps to corporate. We'll see. Yeah. I've got my fingers crossed. Fantastic. I think that that would be really fun. I would secretly um, map but... the first conversation just to show the boss afterwards because I think it would be an Oh my gosh. Thing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You can Hey boss, we did an all hands. What do you think about this? One? <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Dave. We really do yeah, appreciate absolutely. you taking the time with us. And it's it's really just such a, a fun time for Josh and I to like dig in, pick your brains, hear about the, the background of equity maps or every tool that we get to dig into. Uh, this doesn't have to be the end. If you're ever interested, we want to do some follow-ups. We always hope to uh, having you back again. Appreciate it. It's really good. It's great to get to know you guys and good luck in the new year with, with your work. You're, you're helping spread the word about, about good work and inclusive education for sure. Appreciate it. And, and the good it. use of, of yeah. these tech tools that are coming out. Love it. <laughs> All right. Well, we will uh, in a moment here, Josh and I will debrief this conversation, but we look forward to you all uh, joining us in each episode on each of these interviews as we get to dig into more folks in 2022 as we're doing season two a little bit differently uh, from season one. So just hang tight for a moment. That was pretty meta. I'm going to say, you know, it was yeah. it was an awesome conversation, but to have had Dave Equity Maps us. That was a solid end. I I mean, yeah, I that, that was that was uh yeah, we've interviewed a bunch of people, but I was really impressed with just like the prep that Dave did before he showed up. Like he listened to some episodes, he'd right, right. Equity mapped us. Um I really enjoyed that. 
An eighty-two uh, is that's like that's like a B minus, right? We got yeah, I mean, we we. I'm gonna be honest. I was pleasantly surprised. I was really nervous when he said he equity mapped us because I was like, oh, I don't oh, know crap. if I talk a lot during the interviews. I was like, uh, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be like ten percent. Well, um, and the goal of an interview is to you know have that person yeah, speak. So I was like, happy that Steve was the you know the main number. That was yeah, it. Was gonna yeah. really suck if he was like, yeah, you two talked way more than Steve. I was like, <laughs> oh no, oh no. Maybe you should improve your interviewing Maybe skills. Stop talking. Um, yeah. I was like, dang it, I'm the Jimmy Fallon of podcasting. Um, oh, yes. yeah, I went there. Uh, anyway. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just I found that really uh, just insightful. It's always cool to see behind the curtain, you know, what they're working on, how to come together or whatever. But like, again, Dave just cares about the pedagogy and, and he's an actively been a teacher. He's a principal. Oh, now. Yeah, like he's he's deep in you it. You can tell the how the education and pedagogy has driven, which, you know, you mentioned it when we were talking to Dave. Like we're we're always pleasantly surprised during whenever we get to do these interviews with apps that we've talked about. Um, like most of them, it comes back to the pedagogy that drove the tool. Yeah. You know, like uh, and I think that would be a comment reminder to if you're listening to us, you're an instructor in higher ed or whatever you're doing. I feel like I come across this a lot with instructors that it's like they forget that these educational tools, the good ones, actually have people behind them that care about pedagogy in the way. So they're doing this out of a need that they see is out of some pedagogical need. And Equity Maps is a good example of that. Um, and especially his example of doing us. Well, it was only with you know three of us. It immediately proves the the helpfulness of it. It's like the when you get into a conversation or you have a full classroom of students, it's we have a perception of how that's all going. Or even right. a small group, students have a right. perception of how it's all going. And it's not always reality. Like it's so that's what I really like about Equity Maps. It gives you this avenue to both track that, not not to like, you know, punish students who aren't talking a lot, but actually track where conversations go, how things are happening, and how certain elements of the conversation affect people's ability to equitably talk uh, during yeah. class um, and get engaged. And you know, almost like he mentioned, um, you know, people talking often are also learning in the midst of what they're doing. So if they're quiet the entire time, now I'd I have some my own opinions about how all that plays out, but uh, Equity Maps still, I think, does a really good job of of capturing that. You can kind of see that in the background of how they set stuff up. Yeah, and I, I think that there's something in the fact of like this tool showing up in the classroom. It is it's the mirror moment. It is the mirror, yeah. right? Like when I when I host a discussion, or if I'm just asking questions in the classroom, the students may not be thinking that there's anything. There's no responsibility for them to engage. Right. They don't they don't necessarily know, like if the professor asks, you know, what happened in 1865? Like maybe one student answers the question, but like nobody's saying at that very moment, I'm responsible for engaging in this. Right. And if you bring in equity maps in, it's like, all right, everybody's aware of the fact that uh, they're being tracked. And so they have this kind of conscientiousness of like, I should I should say something. I should try to engage at some point. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think. um like I'm really excited about the group feature that he mentioned that they've added. I didn't realize they added that because yeah. it also like thinking of students in groups. While yes, that could be probably abused. Um, I also like I immediately had a use case for us. Like so, we still have students joining through Zoom for okay. classrooms. Like, could you imagine using Equity Maps and then grouping Mark students that day students. by Zoom students to see how much are they actually engaging versus the students there? Right. Like yeah. so. 
I think that's that's a really cool feature. And that's why I just I like about what he's doing. They're building a lot of components of just being able to give tools to instructors to help better lead discussion and then also bring the students in in a reflective practice to see, okay, how are our discussions going as a class? Like how, what is happening? Like his story about that silence moment was really cool. Like the, the, you start to realize that like these students are like, well, because everybody was talking so much, that silence moment was the only moment I was really able to actually engage because I couldn't keep up with what was going on and having them all kind of come to this conclusion of, well, we need to pause more. Um, it was really cool. So overall, it was, yeah, as it uh, as every one of these interviews does, it makes me want to use the tool more that they're doing because it's <laughs> it's. Uh, I'm really impressed by what Equity Maps learn, is trying to do. Yeah, we learn how good it is, and it's like, oh gosh, yeah. And that's that's one of the things. You know, the joke is right. Of course, me apps, whatever. Like I haven't used all of these apps, or if yeah. I've used them, like I downloaded it, I checked it out. I know it could do something good, but. So this is one of those things where we've we've got the proof in the pudding of, of it being used, hearing the stories of its effectiveness, knowing what it's doing, you know, getting better. It's it really is just such a sweet tool. Well, I, I don't know. I, I loved it. And uh, yeah. I think we talked even with a little bit uh, with, with Dave after the, the call there and just said, hey, we could talk about this or if you want to get that engaged. So there's some there's some future. I think, yeah, I think Equity Maps is going to be back. I think you'll see Equity Maps come back in the high tech rotation. Uh, yeah. You know? We love it. Uh, uh, next two. episode, we are wrapping up episode 39 here. Next episode's episode 40. We're going to be talking about podcasting for education. Yeah. What? Well, like, we know we something do that? about that. Yeah, a little bit. Wow. You know, we do that now. We're up to 40 episodes. We're basically pros. We're going to be. <laughs> uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, no, next week, talk about podcasting. The tool of that episode will be Anchor, which is, uh, you know, again, this is a little, it was just meta. Everything here is meta yeah, today. It's very, yeah. Not to be confused with Facebook. Uh, all day. Not, you know. mm, not mm. that. No. Yeah. I like my privacy. Thank you. <laughs> As a general reminder, be sure to check us out on Twitter. F make sure you can email us at inbox at hightechpod.us or go to our website, hightechpod.us.us to uh, engage with any of our episode resources. We really appreciate that. Reviews are great. Find us on Anchor. If you're not sure which platform is best for you or you want to share it to other folks, you can always share that anchor.fm slash hightechpod link. And that'll mm -hmm. you can share that to folks because then they'll see us on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever is good for them. So we really appreciate y'all folks engaging with us in that space. Uh, until the next time, when we continue the conversation on harnessing technology in the digital and physical classroom, see ya. See ya.